Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. After a month of sitting and chatting every single day, I'm excited that we are back at the table and we're talking with seasoned and wise women and learning some really practical things that we can do in our motherhood. And today, I'm excited to introduce you to Rachel Elmore. As our guest today, she's going to be talking to us a lot about our hearts and our minds and how what we think and how we are navigating motherhood is impacted by our emotions and also needs to be impacted by the word. She is the author of a book called A Mom is Born. It's A Mom is Born, Biblical Wisdom and Practical Advice for Taking Care of Yourself and Your New Baby. Rachel, you're a licensed clinical mental health counselor and you have like 19 years of experience. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I've been kind of a longtime fan, so this is super cool for me too. Well, we are, I'm excited and I want to dive into your book, but even before we talk about the book and why you wrote A Mom is Born, I really want to hear from you your story and and what came before that and your own walk becoming a mom and everything going forward. So I'm going to let you kind of tell us a little bit about how you came to write this book and what it means to you. Got it. So, you know, when I became a first time mom, I have two boys. I'm a boy mom, by the way. And when I became a first time mom, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew I was going to be tired. I knew I was going to breastfeeding wouldn't be easy. I I knew all of the things I felt like I was prepared. I already was a pretty well-established therapist in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. I now own my own practice in Charlotte, which is a really cool job, by the way. And I kind of was like, okay, it's going to be hard. I'm going to be tired. But I ended up dealing with postpartum depression, some baby blues, and some postpartum anxiety. And so I I knew exactly what it was. I was very thankful that I knew what it was. And I knew that I didn't feel like myself and that I needed to, you know, talk to my doctor and talk to a counselor. And I knew the right steps to take. But I then went through a few months of, I went to three separate counselors all of who said, we don't have a protocol to help you. And Mm -hmm. I decided, Bethany, that that's not good enough. And so I spent the last decade creating a treatment plan for, you know, I guess thousands of women I've worked with who are dealing with all the whole range of issues that come with being a mom, whether if it's postpartum depression or if it's just some anxiety, guilt issues, and just struggling with the identity of mom. And so it has been a great honor and an intense pleasure to then take a treatment plan because I can only see like 20 clients a week, right? But to be able to then put that, a a tried and true tested treatment plan, which does mind, body, and lots of Jesus into a book that I can give to, to anybody in the world that needs it. And so what happened was in 2020, the, the amazing Lisa Turkhurst put out something on Facebook saying she was going to do a book writing competition and I, you know, I wasn't an author yet. I'd written my dissertation and a few other things, but nothing like this. And sure. I was scrolling through and I said, 
And God was like, you're going to enter that. And God doesn't talk a lot to me out loud, but he did. He said this, Rachel, Rachel, Elizabeth, Hunt Elmore, you know, (laughs) by name, he said this. And I got, I know we shouldn't make deals with God, but I was like, okay, God, I'll tell you what, if I get into the program, because they picked a hundred out of like 10,000, I said, Mm -hmm. I'll write the book. And then I got in and then I was one of two who was picked and got a book contract with HarperCollins Publishing, which is just unreal. And and I've been in contact with some of the greatest authors in, in modern history and gotten to work with the amazing team at HarperCollins Publishing. And it's surreal. I'm not famous. I'm not like, I don't know that anyone will ever write a, a newspaper article about me someday. Like it's, you know, it's just little old me. But they very quickly saw the need that I saw mm-hmm. a decade ago that there's not anything out there for me. There were maybe some blogs. We are now talking more about postpartum issues and dealing with the fact that motherhood is just really hard and there are mental health issues and how I believe in the beauty of marrying, you know, the science of medicine, you know, for some, not everyone needs medicine, but some of us, I've definitely Mm -hmm. benefited from Mm -hmm. some medicine and taking that and, and a lot of the word of God. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful Thing. And I have the coolest job in the world. I get to watch moms get better every day. And Bethany, I would love to say it's because I'm that great of a therapist. It's, it's the Lord. It is God. And it is who he revealed he was to me through. That was the darkest season of my life. And I just never wanted a mom to feel like that. I never wanted her to feel alone or that, you know, there was something broken or wrong with her. I wanted her from a therapist standpoint and from a Christian standpoint that I stand firmly in the gospel firmly in the gospel first, that there's so much hope. And I've never, I mean, I've never not seen a mom get better. They all get better. They do. And that, but first of all, I think it's amazing because, you know, your, your story here is one that God led. Like God said, oh, this yeah. is, these are the steps and I'm just going to keep opening doors and keep letting you go. And you were faithful to walk through them. But I do think that for so many moms, the conversations around this are loaded with, well, I mean, I can, I think you can range the gamut from embarrassment mm-hmm. to shame to just not even knowing and just thinking, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just weird and struggling and I should just get over it. And so you, we minimize it. And so I love hearing you say, number one, that God is for that, that mom. That, and God's mm-hmm. word and his plan and what he's shown you works that it actually impacts a mom in a way that will change, you know, change and change her and change her, you know, her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm using my, my pain for his glory and my pain and finding that purpose in the pain. Cause there always is, and God uses all things for his good. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's given me so much hope and, and, because I did go through a really dark season. And I always say every new mom, adoptive mom, foster mom, we all go through different journeys. And even if you have postpartum symptoms, we're sisters and not twins. Like everyone's sure. everyone's mothering journey is slightly different. And so I always want any mom listening to know that my book is written for all new moms. And my friends, a lot of us have like 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and they're reading it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I think every mom needs to read this because it's just about mental health and it's about a biblical approach and very practical tools to how to get through motherhood in a way that honors Jesus, but also where we don't lose it. And it, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing that God has, has given to me. 
Well, I, and I, I would say that I agree with that because I've looked through your book and, and I, I bought it and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I've seen that, you know, the, the truth is my last one is eight. So in theory, I should be well beyond all that. And yet there are places, and so I want to talk first, there are places where these concepts that we label postpartum, I think it would be helpful just to identify them and so that a mom can look inward and say, oh, you know, oh, that that actually could apply to me. So I would love mm-hmm. to just give like, and I know not every mom is going to experience every single thing, but I think mm-hmm. it is informative to say, oh. I did experience that or I am experiencing that so that we can like then come in with some information and then listen further. So, oh, yeah. So with postpartum depression, anxiety versus the baby blues, the we really believe that every new mom, even adoptive moms, even a lot of dads that all new parents, especially new moms struggle with some baby blues. And the difference between the baby blues and like a diagnosis is severity and how last how long the symptoms last. And so the symptoms are the same. They're just more intense and they last longer. And so the baby blues will go away on its own. Postpartum depression, it's just different or postpartum anxiety. It's just those symptoms last longer than two weeks and they're just a lot more intense. The hopelessness is is bigger. The, the feelings of just like not being able to see outside of the intrusive thoughts, not being able, I, I know I struggled with picking up my baby when he was, when he was screaming and he had a dairy allergy that we didn't know about. And it was just a huge trigger for me. I was so scared that somehow I don't want to be triggering, but that somehow I could accidentally hurt him. And even though I would never want to, and I could not claw my way out of those thoughts. I was so deep in the abyss of that depression that for me, that that medicine and therapy and and my Bible study at the time, who just rallied around me, the community, my family, who just came in and took care of me and loved on me and prayed for me, but I did need medicine to kind of get out of that pit. And so I think that all moms struggle with some depression and some anxiety after we have our baby. It's just how long it lasts and how severe the symptoms are. The symptoms are the same. It's just they're they're worse if that makes sense. And so that's why I wanted to write this for all moms, not just for moms with postpartum, because I really just think all new moms struggle. And I always joke, maybe it's getting old, but on podcasts where I'm like, hey, if you didn't struggle, please like call me, DM me. I want to study you and try to figure out your secret. (laughs) If you never went through those moments of just those desperate days, Mm -hmm. because I still, I mean, I have an eight-year-old too, by the way. And so having an eight-year-old and now dealing with those, the mental battle, because now it's not so physical, it's more mental, the battles that we Mm -hmm. face as parents. And I just think that, that, I don't know, being a mom is hard. I'd like to give some help as much as the lessons that I've learned. I want to give them out as much as I can. Well, and I think that understanding that these things don't, you just can't, and I think you say it somewhere, you just can't pray this away. No. So we're not, nor are we going to just like reach down somewhere in our gut and just be strong enough to get through it. And and yeah, this up. isn't, this wasn't like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind yeah. of deal. This was, this wasn't rational. It was chemical for me. And yes. yes, did the enemy use it and run with it? Absolutely. Is there a spiritual component? Absolutely. Obviously, God is supreme and he absolutely can heal anybody from any ailment. But God chose to let me swallow my pride and swallow that pill. And God chose because he had a plan for me because I had never taken medicine uh, for, for like a mental condition. And so he wanted me to, 
you wanted me to walk that road for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons so that I could help a lot of other women and help yeah. their husbands understand and help my friends. And, you know, I God let me walk that road for a great and mighty purpose. And so, yeah, and I love I love what you're saying. I mean, it's it's everybody's different, but this isn't something that, at least for myself, I did try to to pray. I was praying. And and God was still there and God answers prayers. Look, there's no unanswered prayers, but yet God chose to say, yes, Rachel, but I, I do need you to do these things too. Right. Yes. Yes. I think that that is, that was something that I had to learn. I had, I remember after my first baby being born, I was just, I remember driving with my husband and just the overwhelming waves of panic about mm-hmm. Because he had, he was really good about getting me. He's always been very good about getting me out of the house. Like just him, like we can leave the baby with my mom. Let's go. You can go for an hour and go do something else. And kind of helping me re-engage in Mm -hmm. a life that is apart from baby. But I just remember with our oldest, I mean, just, I mean, hysteria in the car. Because I was sure that if we like for me the traffic just felt overwhelming and there was too much and and we were going to be killed and our baby would be an orphan i mean it was just mm-hmm. illogical thought but it was startling and you know mm-hmm. and and so the two of us really had some long conversations and spent some time with that was our first and and he was a struggle child too so i i can relate to i don't know that i would say i had postpartum i definitely mm-hmm. had baby blues and mm-hmm. trying to get back on my feet again, recognizing that it wasn't just, so there wasn't a magic, Bethany, you can just decide your way out of this mm-hmm. and giving myself the grace to heal and to talk mm-hmm. about it. So I know that you have a, in your book, I know that there is an offering or a way for moms to work through a plan that you have that's inside of your book. Would you like to share that really quickly with us? Sure. Yeah. A little bit so about I've it. come up with, oh yeah. So I've got the new, and it's my own that I used in my practice. And it's the one that I used for myself with my second pregnancy, just like a new mom wellness plan. And so it's just a step-by-step like fill in. And I mean, just like fill in the blank. These are the things I'm going to do when these warning signs arise. Here's where these are three warning signs, like three symptoms. And a lot of us, it's like when we don't get out of bed or we're not taking a shower, what are the warning signs that I'm not okay? And this is, I'm going to go ahead and commission this postpartum pack of these three to five people who I'm going to call on and they're going to commit to be loyal to me for three to six months. And it's really cool to see how Mm -hmm. people are really implementing this and it's becoming the word postpartum pack. I just kind of came up with it. I was like, we need our pack. Like we need it. And so people are powerful. starting to do it. Yeah. yeah. The and community commissioning piece, them. Yes. Mm-hmm. That community piece that you bring in and bring to light there. Because, I mean, the reality is that is how the body is supposed to function. You Amen. know, oftentimes we don't. And only even more so, I think in the last four or so years, there's less community and less of that. Mm -hmm. And I just loved, to me, that was probably the most powerful little nugget that you had in there is I was like that piece to give permission for people to be speaking into your life and that you have the accountability that you have to go out to them and kind of say, Hey, this is, this is, you may not see it, but it's happening 
kind of the give and take of that is just so beautiful, Rachel. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's what worked for me and it's what those little moments really did heal me. And I talk about my friend showing up with like back when we would watch DVDs and not just stream movies, but she would show up <laughs> with DVDs and like a frozen pizza and hold my baby. And she would just kind of hang out while it was hard, you know, mm-hmm. and another friend that would just show up and she brought her guitar and she would just like place and praise and worship music. Oh. And, you know, her, I had never met her in person, but she was through my church. She was a friend of our pastors and she was I mean, my church just jumped right in and they were like, and I was determined I was never, my career was over. I was never getting another referral, which that is how we pay half our mortgage is by, you know, my counseling job. And so, (laughs) and and quite the opposite happened because I was like, okay, everyone in the community is going to know that Rachel has pretty severe postpartum depression and who's going to ever want to send a client to her again. And, you know, for me, wow, it's like there was no more pride left in me because what was so important was me being okay and my baby being okay. And mm-hmm. while neither one of us were ever in any sort of danger, I emotionally was in no way okay. And just watching the body of Christ come in and heal me, I mean, it was really, I mean, I could cry even now talking about it 10 years later about how beautiful that was and how special those men and women are to me till still today. today. Yeah, mm-hmm. I imagine so. That's beautiful. Well, I also want to talk about in just, I love hearing you talk about even for a mom who's got older kids Mm -hmm. and she's laying in the bed at night and she's, the script is just running through her mind. Cause I know this was one of the places where the Lord really began to get my attention and set me free in motherhood was I would lay in bed with the script of everything I had done wrong that day. Like just replaying film in my head, you know, and believing, oh, I'm a terrible mom and God really set me free from that. But I, I would love to hear, you know, you, you've talked about, and I've heard you talk about just changing your thought patterns mm-hmm. and that practice of doing that. Yeah, no, it's, I've got a whole chapter on, and I have three like methods that I use in the, in, on this couch behind me in my office for how to restructure our thoughts. And I love to insert biblical truth, but also like, who does God say that you are? And it was really, you know, I don't have a background in theology, but I did go to seminary. So I had to do kind of like a minor in theology. Mm -hmm. And the thing about going through, and I went to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, is if there's anything I've learned through biblical studies, it's I don't know anything is, is basically what I learned. And so with that being said, I'm very cautious about what I say that God's word says, because I'm not a theologian but I am a believer and I've studied his word for a long time. But since we are created in his image, and while, yes, we refer to God as he, he doesn't really have a fixed gender. And so, and this isn't woke, don't worry about that. But what I'm saying here, there's nothing woke about me, but, (laughs) but I am going for this and saying that like, if God is the most nurturing parent that's ever existed, because he is in his nature, Mm -hmm. he is the most loving, nurturing uh, disciplines when you need to, gives grace when you need to. He's the best parent in history. And if we are then created in his image, then we do have what it takes to be a good mother. Yeah. And not that we don't need to correct our behavior. I do and have and will continue to go and repent and sometimes apologize and even talk to my children that I I just yelled at you, buddy, and that was sinful and I've got a headache. And guess what? That is not your fault. My headache is not your fault. Not your fault. And I should not, right. that was that was not the right use of anger. That was not righteous anger, buddy. And so I will 
always continue to do that. And so guilt is feeling bad about things that we do. Shame is feeling bad about who we are. And so if we're not, we're not going to go down that road. We're not going to be ashamed because here's the thing. If someone is on this podcast, if someone is laying awake at night, even thinking about their mothering, they're probably on the path to being a pretty good mother. And I believe in my bones that the enemy's favorite thing is to make us as mothers feel like garbage. Because what better way for spiritual warfare to happen, which we all know happens, than for him to hinder us helpless as mothers to raise up warriors for Christ? Thank you. Yes. We are Um, rocking the mighty generation that's going to fight for Jesus. So for me to feel like garbage as a mother, he was winning for a while. And so then I said, nope, we're not doing this. And to be able to realize like, hey, I, I sure, I have lots of things that I am daily working on as a mother, but I shouldn't feel shame. I shouldn't feel shame. Right. I should feel, uh, there are times I do have to repent where I sin against my children. There are times that I do have to say, I need to take 10 deep breaths or I need to handle that a little bit better, or maybe I should have given more grace. There's not always perfect answers to those things. And for me, myself, that's where I really am just continuing to, you know, I mean, I don't have to invite the Holy Spirit, but continue to invite the Holy Spirit in on those moments and just saying, Spirit, you're going to have to guide me because yeah. I just, I don't always know whether I should go ahead and and implement, uh, you know, discipline or if I should go ahead and just give more grace or I don't know, he just lied to me the second time. That's a big deal. And so there's so there's not perfect answers there. There is no perfect mother. The perfect parent is God and we're created in his image. We are image bearers. Therefore, we have what it takes to be a good mother. Yes. Yes. And amen. I, I think that that's what the Lord taught me laying in the bed one day. He, the the scriptures began to just come into my head as I was laying in the bed. Bethany, number one, I promise I gently lead you. So I'm not over here walloping you in the head with this list, this litany that you're running down of all the things. That's not my posture. That's not how I interact with you. And I'm not going to interact with you here. That's what mm-hmm. my scripture says. I gently lead you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just beginning to understand that no, and I, I get what you're saying. We don't invite the Holy Spirit in, but I do think in that that conversation of saying, "Holy Spirit, I'm going to need your help." That to me is this posture of surrendering and going, "Okay, like I don't have the answers. I don't even know what in the heck is happening right now with this kid and me and where we are, but I do know God that you fully know." Mm-hmm. And I think when I began to sit with God and say, "I don't know." but you completely know. And you promise me, you will tell me what I don't know. Like Uh it says, just you basically promise in your word, ask me, I'll tell you what you don't know. So I was like, okay. Uh But I do think that that really began to shift that thinking in my head because I was caught in, I could have done that better, should have done it better. I'm not doing it well. I'm terrible at this. How did I get so bad at this? Like it would just, and it, for me, it was a, almost like a pathway. Like if I had that first thought, I was on the 10th thought without me realizing I had gone through all those thoughts mm-hmm. and really disciplining my mind and saying, no, we're, we're going back to the truth. And the truth is that God is for me and he's commissioned me to do this. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he's decided 
that what he's placed inside of me, which is what I love that you just said, if he's the perfect parent and he's changed, he has equipped you to be, because I do believe that God really, truly has laid it out. I mean, he is not confused about who your kids are and who you are. Mm-mm. We're a handpicked friend. And it's and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. it's like the kind of mom that I am. I really do believe my boys need a mom like me. And I yeah. I I'm not like my skill set. I have friends that are very good at making things very Pinteresty and having like the per you know, the perfect table setting. And and that yeah. is so not me. I love those things. I love beautiful things. I'm a big picture person. Thank the Lord for editors because I'm good at big picture. I'm not good at the tiny details. And so, but my boys love that, like, I may not throw like the perfect, like, you know, table setting birthday party, but there's going to be a water slide involved if they have me involved. (laughs) And, and I just, I think, you know, God smiles upon me in those moments of just like, I love my boys and I love having fun with them. I love going fishing with them, even though I don't like to fish, but I love to watch them fish. And I love those moments. And, and, I'm not a mom like any of my friends, but that's okay because my boys aren't like my friends' kids either. Now that we're watching them grow and I have a middle schooler now, it's like, oh, we, you know, we all need different kinds of parenting. And then the other thing that I always, I wasn't planning on bringing up, but I do want to bring up that I was raised by an amazing single mother who I would argue is one of the best mothers that has ever, ever lived, the most selfless held me while I would cry as an infant and just read scripture over me. I mean, like her faith is fearless and I just love her. I I can't say enough good things about her, but my mom made mistakes and I wrote a chapter about it called my mom's mistakes and, you know, a whole section of my book. And what I talk about is how growing up after my parents divorced, she let me sleep at the foot of her bed when I was, I think I was like nine, 10 years old. And back then that was very against what psychologists would say. Psychologists mm-hmm. would say that was going to foster codependency and all these things. And my mom, during that season, after my dad had left and and I had a very rough childhood and she would lay and pray for me and scratch my back and she would sing to me and, and say scripture mm-hmm. over me. And my mom's mistake, she was making me who I am today, which is why I am so tender towards the woman in front of me weeping. Mm -hmm. And so what if your mistakes are actually a part of his plan? Because if he does use all things, even sin, right? Biblically, he uses all things for his glory. And God used her mistake to make me exactly who he wanted me to be. Oh, I love that perspective, Rachel. Thank you. I know I do. I tear up every time. It's it's so... And it should be so freeing for a mom, not that it gives us license to just revel in our mistakes, but it does give us a different perspective, probably in God's perspective where he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not thrown by your mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm the God who redeems. Mm-hmm. So anything that's happening, I'm in the process and working towards redemption towards it. And I do laugh with my oldest one. Our, my oldest two came like 18 months apart. I mean, they were just like, boom, boom. People have heard me say this before on the podcast, but my husband was in a residency program. He was just like not there. I mean, he wanted to be there, but he just wasn't. Like he'd be there like eight hours a week. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I was like residency. sleeping. Yeah, yeah. sure. He was like sleeping at the house every few days. So it was just me. And I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, like I was at my wits end a lot. And 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 yet, you know, I sat with those older kids and I there were some things that I felt like you know, I just need to sit with you and go, you know, I want to confess these things 
Mm. to you. And they kind of looked at me blankly, you know, as I was confessing, I had a list and, and they were like, wow, no mom, like you were forgiven. Cause that's not like that actually taught me this. And that really showed me this. And I did this and, you know, so I do think that that is so true what you said Mm -hmm. and should be so freeing for so many moms Yeah, uh, just to recognize and that you don't have to own that. It's not yours to own. You really don't because like if if there is no way to be a perfect mom. I mean, I've I've made mistakes and I'm a quote parenting expert. I should know all the things, right? And I know Jesus. I should know all the things, but it's just I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to look back and think, "Oh man, we should have pushed him harder. We should have paid for grades. We shouldn't have paid for grades. We should, you know, like all the things. Yeah. We should have pushed har- harder for more chores. We should have put him in basketball yet. Yeah, whatever it is. It's always there's always that list. Yeah. But I say no thank you to the list because the list doesn't build me up and the list doesn't make me a better mom. No. What does make me a better mom, I and I I am big about responsible grace. So I, I am going to hold myself accountable because God holds me accountable to like, oh, I messed up. I need to make that right. Yes, absolutely. But then just like mistakes are different than just bad choices. Mistakes are just like you look back and hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can say, ah, oh, you know, I was probably, I should have pushed him a little harder here. We don't know until we have the future tense. And so with that, I just, I really have, and I have rewired my brain to not go that direction. And it, it did for years. It wanted to do that nice hamster wheel, but it, and it took me a long time to learn to get off that hamster wheel and just say, no, like what thought is actually going to make me a better mom? Well, like, mm-hmm. should I, you know, should I handle this situation better? Sure. But I refuse to take on the title of bad mom because it's not true. Yes. Uh, do I have things I need to be working on? Absolutely. But I do have what it takes to be a good mom because that's who God made me to be. And that's who God made you to be. And we're going to make mistakes. I think it's very freeing. I hope, I always want everyone to hear that from a licensed therapist that loves Jesus. That like, look, you're going to make mistakes. What is so important is the repair. When your children are a little bit older, what is so important is the repair. And going back and saying, buddy, I should not have handled it that way. Mommy is sorry. Yes. And when they see repentance, which repentance, all it means is to turn away from. I am in that moment. I'm not being prideful or boastful. I'm not pretending to be perfect and not lying about who I am. I'm being exactly who I am. And I'm hopefully modeling to them how to be a good husband and father someday to where they will be able to repent and verbally say and not be proud and be able to say, you know, I, I need to work on that. And I I look at that as maybe, maybe I, I no, I know that that's going to make them a better friend, father, brother, and husband someday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will. Oh, I love this conversation. Rachel, Rachel's book is out now. You can mm-hmm. get it easily anywhere. And let me tell you again, what it is, it's, it's called A Mom is Born. Biblical a Mom Wisdom. is Born. Mm-hmm. And biblical wisdom and practical advice for taking care of yourself and your new baby. But I would say you do not have to have the new baby. <laughs> you, it's really not just for that season of life. It's not. I mean, I, I, we wanted it to be for just all moms. I mean, I know that that you've got to kind of fit into a, a niche in the book market, but the longer that I worked on the book, the more my, myself and my publisher, my agent, we all just realized it was so much bigger than like just this one little part of some moms that struggle. Because I just I just think that we all need permission 
And then also to point back to what the gospel says about how we're supposed to love on our children and how we're supposed to love one another. And it's it, it's maybe overly simplistic, but it it is a book that writing it freed me from a lot and was very therapeutic for me. And I really, it's been neat to hear from women really all over the world that are saying thank you for, you know, yeah. being a part of my healing journey. Well, and, and if you want to connect with Rachel more, if you want to hear more or learn more from her, you can also find her at her website, rachelelmore.com. And I know you have a couple of great free starting things like the your thought roadmap, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, a self-care 21-day challenge, different th- places that women can maybe tie into you mm-hmm. and find you and find help for right where they are mm-hmm. in your yeah. season. Would love that. Absolutely. I always like to point out my name is R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And so rachelelmore.com. And then, you know, I'm easy to find on Instagram. Connect with me. Obviously can connect through you, Bethany. And I would be with, I love every moment I get to to hear from anyone that that hears me speak. So, yes. Thank you so much for being here. This has been wonderful. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other warrior mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.